Hello, and uh, welcome to another episode of Words and Work. I'm Ted Przelski. Today is a conversation with Don Schumann, who uh, is the political director of Teamsters 104. She talks a little bit about that, but uh, most of what this interview is going to be about is about uh, her leadership in the state chapter of Pride at Work. Pride at Work is the uh, AFL-CIO constituency group. I'm not, can't remember what they actually call these things, but that um, works for the rights of LBGTQ workers. Um, I first met Don on the strike line for uh, Sarco uh, three years ago. Uh, she and her wife took a big leadership role in that strike. She talks about that. She talks about pride at work. Um, and and there's a lot of, uh, you know, the thing that I've always liked about her is a lot of passion that she's got. Um, and uh, it comes through in this interview. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. I will uh, see you after the break here. All right, we've got Don Schumann, who is the political director of Teamsters Local 104, um, which uh, just as an aside, they've got the coolest jackets of any uh, union in the country. Is that a correct statement? I am going to go ahead and say yes, that is. That is an accurate statement. Okay, so um, before we talk about, because I really wanted to talk about Pride at Work, but before we do that, I want to know, I mean, I think for a lot of people, I mean, uh, there there's some connotations that people have about the Teamsters Union in general. That, uh, but uh, I want to know just just from you, uh, who do the Teamsters actually represent here in Arizona? Sure, thank you. I am John Schumann, political director of Teamsters Local 104. We represent about eighty nine hundred members in the state of Arizona. We represent everyone from American Airlines to UPS, everything in between. Um, for the grocery division, we represent Fry's and Albertsons, all of the back of the house. So what that means is we deliver the food to the grocery stores who are union grocery stores, um, mind you. And so the back of the house, as I like to call it when they deliver the goods, is Teamsters. And then in front of the house is UFCW. So a huge shout out to my, to my local 99 brothers and sisters. Um, who represent in the grocery. We have everything from Baker's Commodities, which is a, a group of members who um, may have the most interesting job, and they're the ones that that make sure our roads are clean and free from animals that have perished on the side of the road, and they collect them to the state of Arizona. So we're very eclectic. We're very diverse in that membership you know, we always are proud of our miners, of our movie wranglers, of our movie drivers. And so there is a broad band of membership in Arizona that we represent. And, and as political director, what, you know, I mean, I've, I've been involved in enough political organizations, so I know what that, uh, what that title means. What, what does that actually mean for, for the Teamsters Union? So for us, so for, for Teamsters Local 104, very fortunate to have the relationship that we have with constituents and also with our members of Congress and our one senator, uh, Senator Mark Kelly, has been um, 
very good to us since he has been elected. We get to have those conversations that are important to labor into our members in Arizona. Right now, we're working on a bill in the in the House and in the Senate in Arizona at the state capitol for a film incentive, SB 1708, to bring back the film industry to Arizona. And so for that, our members are waiting to see what will happen. We represent the drivers and the scout managers and the animal wranglers. And so when we can pass law that can directly impact Arizonans and labor members, labor union members, that's really important. Our members will benefit from bills like this. Had we not had a position like this, and there's many before me who I'm sure did a wonderful job, what I'm most grateful for is I get to have those conversations at a, at a personal level to tell our representatives and senators why bills are important, why bills, you know, why we oppose bills and why we support bills. When we live in a state like Arizona, we always have to be on guard and careful because there are a lot of bad union bills that they try to pass in the in in the state house and in the Capitol. So we just have to be, I want to say vigilant and a good connotation that we are always uh, looking out for members and for all union members in Arizona. Okay. Uh, you know, like I said, the, the thing I really wanted to chat with you about was, was pride at work. And, and uh, you know, I, I think, you know, just to explain to folks who, who aren't familiar with it, I mean, you know, there's with many union members, there's their their union, which is their primary way that they're active. But then there, there are these constituency groups. Um, I mean, I'm involved with LACLA and the Catholic Labor Network, um, which have certain constituencies that they appeal to. There's the A. Philip Randolph Institute and stuff. And Pride at Work is to represent gay and lesbian and transgender people within the labor movement, right? Yes. So Pride at Work is a constituency group from the AFL-CIO, and we we are a nonprofit organization that represents the LGBTQ community, union members, and their allies. And so, you know, it is, and, and I'm the president slash chair of the Arizona chapter of Pride at Work in Arizona, something that I take pride in because we get to be who we are. And, you know, we... In 2022, we shouldn't have a pride at work. We should just know that we are all one people and all one humankind. However, since we do, we represent and we protect workplaces, protect members who are having difficulty in workplaces, and we will stand up and fight for them. You know, when we live in a we live in a state, Ted, and you know this, we live in Arizona where I can marry the love of my life on Saturday and be fired on Monday because of who I love. And we need to change those laws and we need to change the mind frame. You know, I am a union sister to many. And so when we think about an injury to one is an injury to all, or we take pride in who we are just because of who we are. I, I don't have anything special. I'm not, you know, I'm not a super human. All I am is a woman who loves a woman who knows that I can be protected in my workplace because I am a teamster, because I do have, you know, we represent members who are in, in collective bargaining units and that have a contract that will protect them, that will specifically protect them based on who they are and who they love. And so the teamsters have always had a part and a hand in this fight 
You know, when we think of San Francisco and we think of San Francisco in the 70s with Coors Beer, you know, and Harvey Milk went and said, please don't distribute that beer. It was the Teamsters that would no longer deliver the beer. You know, and so when we think of Teamsters and we can think of all of these different things, the one thing that I will always say is that the Teamsters have shown humanity and kindness throughout the years with all of their members. And that is something that I'm, I'm proud to be a part of. I'm proud to, to know the history. You know, when we think of the auto workers and the first trans person who was making a transition while working in a, a factory in Detroit, I believe it was, and went back to work, you know, and that was, that was taken care of and there was protections and we have to stay motivated and stay on top of these things because it wasn't that long ago that we weren't even recognized or we were in a, a category, you know, like with a mental illness, this isn't a mental illness. It is okay to love who we love. It is okay to be who we want to be. It is okay to recognize and own our own self self worth. And I think that that's important. And so private work is here to help that. You know, we're here to stand with our fellow LGBTQ members and stand proud. You know, I, and, and I'm glad you brought up Harvey Milk because, you know, he's really a remarkable figure that I think when I was growing up and I would hear about Harvey Milk, it was always, always, he was this gay politician and, and, and no one, you know, until it was, it was much later in life when I was reading about him a bit more about how much of what he did was, you know, he was, he was reaching out to all sorts of different groups and bringing them together. And, and, uh, and, 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 and that's the, the other thing that gets to something else that that's kind of interesting about your group too, is I think a lot of folks see all of, you know, even those of us on the progressive side kind of compartmentalize these fights. Um, and I know he didn't, Certainly. I mean, you talked about the Coors thing. And I mean, is, is that part of your struggle too in, 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 in pride at work and in, in, in the, the labor movement to sort of show that maybe these are the same fights? My heart absolutely wants to say yes. Mm -hmm. However, you know, as in any constituency group or as in any minority group is that we always have to fight or scrappers, you know, in that sense that, and what that means is it doesn't mean that we're angry. It just means that we want to be visible. It just means that when do we just get to be part of society or part of a workplace without saying, hey, do you know Dawn the lesbian, you know, or do you know Joe, you know, this person or, or that? When do we just get to become ourselves and in that unique, finite place where we belong? Mm -hmm. And so... Knowing that society as such hasn't caught up to us yet, we have to have these constituency groups. We need to stand up for one another. And also the thing with Harvey Milk is that, you know, when you listen to his recordings and he says, bust those closet doors open mm -hmm. and come out, there's still people that are so scared to come out. And so if private work can, can provide a safe landing and in a safe place for people to come out and for people to be comfortable with who they are in their workplace. What a 
there is no better constituency group that will help do that. You know, and and because there's so many different facets into that as well. You know, we we have to be all for one. We have to we have to have that. You know, I mean, I want to be my brother's and my sister's keeper. I want to be they and theirs keeper. I want to be able for people to just understand that it's okay. And that under collective bargaining agreements and under, you know, protection, they can be comfortable with who they are. Yeah, you, you, you've talked about collective bargaining agreements, but a lot of this fight, I mean, I, you know, one of the things just in my observation is that most of the fights for gay and lesbian and transgender issues have been about workplace issues. You know, you, know, you talked about you can get, you know, get married on Sunday and, and get fired on Monday. Um, so what, what are y'all working on as far as state and federal legislation right now? In the state of Arizona, we are just in a defense mode right now because there are so many bad bills that are at the Capitol that we are just trying to beat back. We are beating back transgender bills, um, that you can clearly see where the state is coming after trans babies, as I'm going to call them, you know, and, and I'm talking about children who, who are bold enough and brave enough to say who they are at a young age. And the representatives that don't believe in this are trying to take those very sacred rights away from, from these children. And that's not okay. And so to any parent who's listening, your child is beautiful beyond measure and and we stand with you as well you know as in a in a federal level i think the the what has just happened has been appalling when we saw you know the voting rights act be voted down and and there were protections for the lgbtq community you know the pro act is so important you know we will we will always talk about the pro act but inside of the pro act there are provisions to protect LGBTQ in the workplace. And when we and when we think about that, once again, this will be at a federal level. So even though if the state of Arizona can't get their eyesight quite right in the community, it would be federally known that we can just go to work and come home and pay our taxes. There's not a box in the IRS that says we don't have to pay taxes because we're gay. You know, we still have to pay our taxes. And so I think we should just be recognized. And so the fight will always be there. The fight will forever be here. And, and it's just we have to stay on top of these things and fight back. You know, it, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the outside of the. I mean, I've, I've always considered myself an ally of, of my, my gay and lesbian brothers and sisters. But you know, I'm still on the outside of it, you know, and I'm still, you know, ob- observing a lot of times. I, I remember uh, when I was running for state house in 2006, uh, I knocked on the door and it was a woman. She had a the rainbow flag sticker in the window and everything. And the first question she had for me was, what, what do you think of, uh, of, of gay marriage? And I, I kind of, had the hedgy response that a lot of people did uh, back then, uh, which was about civil unions and all of that stuff. And 
she took my petition and she signed it. She said, well, all we want are the rights because you, you straight people have screwed up gay marriage or have screwed up marriage enough, you know? And, you know, and it's funny because that was not really that long ago. And I couldn't even imagine that conversation now because of, of the way that everything, I mean, so I'm just curious, someone like you that had to kind of see these struggles from the inside. I mean, what, What's your take on how quickly this has gone? This is where you might get me to cry. This is this is this this reaches home, right? You know, I can tell you that um, my wife and I, who is my legal wife, um, you know, we didn't want to have a ceremony. We didn't want to have anything until it was done legally. And so, when we knew that Scoutus was going to hear Doma and Prop Eight in twenty thirteen. Um, we were in the middle of the desert coming back from work in Las Vegas. And she looked over me and said, you know, if, if, if Prop 8 and DOMA, um, you know, if it's voted towards a way I'm going to marry you. And I just looked over her and I went, oh, okay. And now inside I'm like, oh my God, you know, I was trying to be cool. And we stayed, you know, every day that week that we were home, we waited for those we waited for those results to come and, and we overslept the morning. We were up every other day and time except that day. And I'll tell you that came out of our bedroom and, and I turned the TV on right as, and it's that, you know, for us, it's like this famous run when you see this reporter run across saying that um, Prop 8 was overturned and, and that in the state of California, you could marry and then when Doma and God bless Eddie Windsor, I mean, if we ever needed a hero, it's Thea and Eddie, Edie, Edie and Thea. And when Doma was overturned, we got it at that moment. Now I was a late bloomer. I came out when I was 36 years old. My wife has been my wife and, and she's been herself since she was, you know, a young, a youngster, 18 years old. And I looked at her and you could see I want to say relief, but you could, she also said something to me that morning. And that was, I never thought I would see this happen. And so all across the country, we were feeling that way. And I can tell you 26 days after that day, we were married in San, in San Diego, California with our family. Our parents were there. All seven of our children were there. Um, and I got to legally marry my very best friend and it wouldn't go without saying, though, that Monday that we were there to get our wedding license, the, the mayor of San Diego did, refused to hand him out. And so there was about seven same-sex couples in this waiting room, and we were all waiting to see if, they were, if he was going to release the first one. And it was an older female couple, and it was the first license to be, uh, to be given in, in San Diego and we were all watching them and to see the one put her thumbs up for all of us youngsters because they were in their 80s. It meant something, you know, and so civil rights are civil rights for all. And we have we, we've been fighting for civil rights, but we haven't really gotten that far either. Or we wouldn't have to worry about ERA. We wouldn't have to worry about the Equal Rights Amendment. We wouldn't have to worry about women's rights because they're all rights. They're all rights. And so 
nine years later, obviously, it'll be nine years in July that, that Carla and I have been married. Nine years later, it still gets to me because sometimes it feels like it's just yesterday. Because for that year, if you think we got married July 25th, 2013, until October of 2014, we were not uh, married in the state of Arizona's eyes. And so we would joke back and forth. We would cross the California border or the California border. And we would say, oh, look, we're married again. And we would come back to Arizona and be like, oh, we're not married again. And then in October of 2014, and if we remember that day, because I can remember it like it was yesterday as well, when they said that they were going to recognize same-sex marriage in Arizona, it felt like it was another ceremony. And then we had to still wait until 2015 for it to be federally recognized. I mean, what the, I almost said a naughty word. We had to, I've I've learned how to beep those. Oh, good, good, good. Cause I was gonna say, what in the hell? We had to wait two years to get federally noticed. I don't need anybody to notice me. I love her. She loves me. We pay taxes. We have three dogs. You know, we, we share seven children. Um, I I did, but we had to wait. You know, cis couples, cis, straight couples get to, you know, have a thousand different tax deductions and, and all of those amazing things and get to have health insurance and get to have pensions. And, you know, if your spouse passes away, you would, you know, you'd be entitled to their pension. Way to wait, you know, until 2013 for insurance. You know, and then 2014 to realize that we could do state taxes together, and then 2015 to realize we could do federal state taxes. So, you know, we have come a long way, but the fight isn't over. We have to keep fighting. And for the younger generation, younger than me, I'm a cool almost 50. For the generation under me and and, and for the the younger kids because they're all kids. If you're under 35, you're all kids. Cause I could hold your mom. Um, we, they have to remember where we came from. We have to remember Stonewall. We can never forget Stonewall. We can never forget the women and the men who made it possible for me to be here in 2022, sitting down, telling my story and being recognized that unions play a part in this because there is protection and good union contracts that have these provisions and language to protect the LGBTQ community, all, all communities, you know, that we're not, that we're going to just look at the person for who they are is what is most important. I feel like I just got on a complete soapbox. Why do you think I invited you on? Thank you. <laughs> um, so I, I want to wrap this up just by mentioning that, you know, how I, I actually met you and Carla was on the strike line for Asarco. And, and for folks who haven't, you know, had to work picket lines, I mean, it's a big deal to be there with someone. I mean, maybe somewhere between being on a high school basketball team and actual war you know, as far as the bonding experience. So, and, 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 and watching your leadership out there was just really remarkable. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on here. So. Thank you. The Asarco strike, you know, the infamous Asarco strike of 2019, when we were there from, you know, we, we, we went to Tucson October 11th and we came home February 3rd. And I think we spent a total of seven days away from the strike line um, during that time. 
And, you know, I'll, even if I may, you know, Carla Schumann is our secretary treasurer of Teamsters Local 104 and our principal officer and her grit and determination to fight for every single member, regardless of what union you are, is something that is just so inspiring. However, pulling up in Sarita, Arizona and being around a bunch of miners that didn't really know what the world to think of us. And it took a couple of meals. It took a couple of home, homemade meals. I know you were there and, you know, for Sunday dinners and what a learning and graceful, and it was messy grace, but what an experience to have minors come up to either Carla or I, I'm the talker. So a lot of times it was me and just ask our story or ask what it's like or ask how to feel. And I'll, I'll never forget a minor came up to me and told me about his son that he didn't know if he could ever truly be proud of his son because he was gay. However, we, the work that we did in this, the work that we did, he said, you're just normal. And like that to us is a compliment, right? Like we don't need any anything before or after our names. And, and I think that, I think that that changed him. You know, we're just normal folk. We just want to go to work, raise some dogs, raise some children, retire, have our pension and, and visit national parks. I mean, that's all we really want in our les in our, yeah, that's all we want. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And, and, and of course, thank you to Don for agreeing to come on the show. That was wonderful. Um, Don brought up Gary Kapanowski. Um, she was uh, struggling to remember some details about him. He was a UAW worker in Detroit in the early 70s. Um, you can actually read about his struggles, not just against the auto companies, but against members of his own union who didn't accept his sexuality. Um, there's a, a great article on a site called The Metropole, which is at themetropole.blog. And Kapanowski, by the way, is spelled with a K. Um, there's also um, at Wayne State University uh, maintains a Walter Ruther library online, which has some um, things about all, about everything about the UAW, frankly, but also um, there's some uh, some uh, things in there about uh, Gary Kapanowski too. Um, you can find that at Ruther R E U T H E R dot Wayne dot edu. Um, if you um, you know if you're looking up Mr. Kapanowski on Google, just be careful because there is also an accountant in Detroit with the exact same name, which might get confusing. So Words and Work has been a presentation of Downtown Radio and the National Writers Union Tucson chapter. Make sure to visit our Facebook page for some updates on uh, speakers. We are still doing our our readings online, but you're welcome to attend. And if you have a piece of writing you want to read, we're happy to hear it as well. Uh, it's uh, Our meetings are open for that. Um, I'm Ted Prozelski. 
Uh, hope to hear from all you next week. Thank you.